Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Teach us to pray. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the message this morning. I do have, as Lisa mentioned, there's a lot going on right now, and you can find that all on the app and online. Um, so please check that out. But two important things you want to. Uh, make note of if you have uh, if your parent has kids either in uh, third through fifth grade or in the youth group summer camp is coming up quickly we're we're less than a month away from camp um, and we would love for you to sign up for camp you can do that at thriveglandora.org thank you so much right there all right. Thanks, Ander. Um, sign your kids up for camp. It's an important part of the way that we invest in our young people. Uh, we go up to Camp Cedarcrest, uh, and there's amazing worship, teaching, fellowship, fun, games, food, kind of the whole deal, and, uh, and we want to make sure that we get our kids to camp. So don't delay. Get your kids signed up for camp. You can find out all of the details, all of the information online. And then uh, we're in the series, in, in a series on prayer, currently in this uh, teaching series, Teach Us to Pray. And I want to mention something important that's starting this week on Wednesday night. Uh, we're having a worship and prayer night at, uh, at the, the Thrive Center this Wednesday night. And I want to invite you to be a part of that. We're going to continue this as an ongoing thing. So on the third Wednesday of every month, we're going to set aside time in the evening to come together and worship and pray as a family and seek the, seek the Lord together, pray for our families, pray for our community, pray for the world, uh, and, just, and just be led by the Spirit to pray for whatever it is that He puts in our heart to bring before Him. Uh, it's important for us to practice this together, to actually put this into action and to do it corporately. And so I invite you to join us this Wednesday. You can, again, you can find out all the details at the Hub online at thriveglendora.org or download the app. You're not going to get tired of hearing that, but it's an important way uh, to stay connected. Right on? Are we good? Everyone good? Dads? How are the bear claws? I, I, am, I so would love to tear into that right now, but... It's a little hard to speak with dough in your mouth. So as I mentioned, we're continuing our series this morning, Teach Us to Pray. We recognize that prayer is important. It is an important part of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. And I I would even venture to say there's people who don't have a relationship with God or even wouldn't even consider themselves extremely religious who still somehow manage their way to to praying. And when things get difficult and times get tough, even as a nation, one of the things that we kind of call out is, hey, we need people to pray. And so we recognize there's this, this underlying importance of prayer, but I think so often we lack the tools we need to pray well, to pray effectively. I don't know about you, but, but there's been times for me where I feel like I'm praying and I just keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over again or, or five minutes into praying, I hear about people who pray for an hour and I'm like, how do you even do that? 
I like, I run out of material after five minutes and then I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm here. And but I think that there, there's an equipping that needs to happen in prayer. And it's not that we're all called to be intercessors who are in our prayer closets for hours every day, but we definitely need to develop the prayer muscle in our lives and, and exercise prayer. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That your prayer is powerful and effective. We want to do things in our lives that are powerful and effective, don't we? Okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> we, we want to do things that are powerful and effective, that show results. And we have to be equipped. Throughout this series, I've been making this statement that prayer is relational before it is utilitarian. Prayer is relational before it is utilitarian. What that means is this. Prayer is about talking to God and having a relationship with Him. That God is not our genie in the bottle. He's not the grantor of wishes. He is our Father and longs to be in relationship with us. And it's when we walk in deeper relationship with God that His heart is revealed and our prayer lives go deeper and the effect of that prayer then increases out of that relationship. In Luke chapter 11, 1 through 13 or 1 through 4 this morning, we find the disciples uh, talking to Jesus, and they say to him, one, what is, the, the passage says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Do you hear the heart of the disciples? They're watching the life of Jesus. They're watching the ministry of Jesus. They recognize there's something different about this man. In the same way that we just referenced a little while ago, that Jesus, even at 12 years old, knew that his life was about the kingdom of God, about his father's business, and he established that as the course, the trajectory, and the mark of his life. And his disciples see that this flows out of this vital, personal relationship with the father. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that Jesus would go away to solitary places often to spend time with his father, and the disciples are saying, teach us to pray. We want to be effective like you are, and we recognize that it flows out of a relationship with the father. I want to kick off this next part of our series because we've been talking about kind of more the big picture overview, some, some theological underpinnings, if you will, but, but we're going to get into some nitty-gritty stuff today, and I want to talk today about how do we pray for our families Appropriate for Father's Day, right? How do we pray for the people that we are related to? Whether that is your, you praying for your spouse, you praying for your children, as children praying for your parents, uh, praying for extended family members, praying for the people who in our lives are the people who are closest to us, the ones that we care the most about, the ones that we are the most familiar. And I just want to, in the, in the few minutes that we have this morning, we gave place today to dad jokes. Wasn't that fun, by the way? You guys, great job. 
Great job. Some of you, you got that dad, that dad joke face. You just got it. Jacques, thank you. That was, it was refreshing. So good. There are some good chuckles this morning. Some practical things that we can do when it comes to praying. These notes are available on the app if you want to check that out. Um, and then we'll have the verses up on the screen. So here's the first thing I want to encourage you to do is you come to prayer for your families. First thing is this, check your heart. Check your heart. Ask yourself, why, why am I praying? Why am I praying? Or even, even ask yourself, am I avoiding praying for my family? Am I dodging that? Oh, I feel like I need to pray, but I don't want to. Or what are you praying? Maybe ask this question, who does this prayer benefit? Who does this prayer benefit? Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's be real for a second. We can very easily pray prayers that are some veiled attempt to manipulate God to change someone into the person we want them to be. That we pray prayers that are more us-focused and don't really give a rip about that person. And it usually sounds like, God, would you please touch, fill in the blank, and make them a nicer person. Now, it might be necessary, but you see that the motivation could be off. God, would you cause that person to do the thing or be the thing, become the person I want them to be? And exposes something of our heart. When we come to praying for our family, we need to check our hearts before the Lord and say, God, what's going on inside of me? What's driving me to this point of prayer? Is there a pure motivation that is in line with your will? We're even asking this question, whose will is reflected in this prayer, mine or God's? Whose will is reflected in what I am praying? Because if your prayer is powerful and effective, I want to make sure that the power and the effect of my prayer is being stewarded in a way that will build people up. Now, of course, I love God acts as a cosmic firewall. And just because we pray, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But I think there's an account that has to be given for the words that we speak, especially in prayer. And that God wants, to come, wants us to come with the right motives. I mentioned that prayer is about relationship first. And I got to tell you, if I'm aligning my life with the, with the Spirit of God and allowing Him to check me before I press into a place of prayer, man, it's going to change things in my own heart. It's going to transform me. And so often what we need to do is before we start praying for family members, what we need to do is ask God to bring transformation in our own lives. God, before I launch out on this prayer for my loved ones, would you do a work in me? Would you bring healing? Would you bring conviction? Would you you bring wholeness? 
And so the first thing we have to do is check our hearts. The second thing when we come to praying for those that we care about for our family is, is we need to ask for discernment. We need to ask for discernment. See, we don't always know what to pray. And can I tell you, even when we do think we know what to pray, we still need to ask for discernment. Right, because there's what people tell you is going on and then there's what's really going on. Have you found that to be true? Right? Hey, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. That's what they tell you is going on. But behind the scenes, they're not doing that good. And that's what's really going on. And we can fall into this trap where with family, because we're close or we think we know, we can pray in a way that's based more on our, on our assumption than it is on the discernment that comes by the Holy Spirit. That's his role, by the way, that the Holy Spirit of God who dwells inside of us wants to lead us and teach us and direct us and convict us in all things, especially when it comes to praying for the people that we care about. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I've always read that passage for myself. I've always read it in light of, well, how does this apply to me? But I, I had this revelation this week. What if I read this and prayed this and lived this way as I prayed for the people I cared about? God, I don't want to conform to the pattern of this world. Or the pattern of this world would say, hey, this is how you treat people you care about. This is how you, you walk with those who, who are the closest to you. It always breaks my heart when I hear about family members that are not connected where there's been some kind of falling out, something that has happened, some kind of offense that has broken relationship. And hear me, I know that there are some just horrible stories, probably even represented in this room. But there's also times where I hear about, well, why haven't you talked to your brother for 20 years? And what ends up coming out is something that was a falling out of something pretty minor or an assumption well, why haven't you engaged with this cousin or that uncle for this amount of time? Well, I just thought. And we can allow these walls to be built be between us. Can I tell you, that's the pattern of this world. That's not the pattern of the kingdom of God. That God tells us, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Did you catch that? As much as it depends on you. As believers, we don't have the place to sit back and say, well, if they want to talk to me, they'll call. That's, right. That's the pattern of this world. The pattern of the kingdom of God is I will do everything I can. And God, in fact, I want to be so transformed by your spirit, back to the relationship part, that I can test and approve what your will is, not just for my life, but I can start praying that about the people I care about. God, what are you doing in this person's life? God, give me a prophetic vision, prophetic words over my children, over my spouse, over my extended family. God, give me discernment. In Romans 8, 26, Paul writes, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Did you know you're weak? <laughs> Thank you. You're weak. 
You might be strong in some areas, but, but overall, we're weak. And especially when it comes to these places in the spirit where we, we think that we're doing pretty good and God says, no, you need my strength. God helps us in our weakness. We do not what, know what we ought to pray, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Have you ever ached for a family member? You've been in a place where you know that they are walking through a difficult time, a difficult season. There's brokenness and your heart just aches and groans. You know that we can invite the Spirit of God into that and allow those aches to be turned into a, a kind of prayer that would be offered to the Lord. And in the midst of that, that He will give us discernment that he will give us words to pray that we didn't even know were there. See, I think it's easier sometimes to pray for people that we don't know as well. It's easier for people to, to pray for people who are strangers or maybe just acquaintances because we kind of don't have any skin in the game. It doesn't affect us as much. But it's those who we're closest with, who've had the most impact on us, good and bad. Come on, how many of you know that family can press your buttons? Right? There are people in your life, they just know how to push your buttons, and they sometimes, probably more often than not, don't even know that they're pushing your buttons. Maybe even before you hang out. Or see them, you're already, your buttons are being pushed up, pushed, and you haven't even showed up yet. Hello, Christmas, anyone? <laughs> and so it's this place where we can pray for people that we don't know as well, because you know what? They, they haven't had the same kind of impact on my life. But it's the people that we know the most that have less to hide or have hidden less the ones that we know more about, especially in those places that maybe we don't agree with or where they've offended us. We go, you know what? I'm just not gonna pray for you because you made your bed and you can lie in it. And I gotta tell you, that doesn't reflect the heart of God at all. That we would walk in grace and compassion, that we would pray with discernment. Lord, teach me to pray for my family. Show me how I can pray for those, especially those who are lost, those that are not walking with you, maybe those who have strayed from the path. Third, th third thing is this, pray with faith, patience, and persistence. And I've lumped these all together. Faith, patience, and persistence. How many of you know that change takes time? Can I get an Amen. Change takes time. I mean, deep change. Not like, hey, I'm going to stop eating donuts kind of change, because, yeah. I mean, like, I am changing my life. I'm making adjustments. I am, I am doing the work of transforming my life and allowing God to transform my life. Change takes time. And that when we're praying for the people we care about, so often what we want to do is this. God, I'm going to pray a prayer and hope that it sticks. I prayed for them once. Nothing happened. 
right? In, in the passage in Luke, we read when Jesus says, you know, the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. He tells us the story of the guy who goes to his friend's house in the middle of the night and starts knocking. And he's like, hey, some guests showed up at my house and I don't have enough bread. Can, can you get, do you have any extra bread for me? And it says it was late. The lights were out, which in those times was not a, a light switch, right? It took work to light a lamp. So when it says the lights were out, it was a big deal. My kids are asleep. My household is quiet, and you're banging on the door asking for bread. And he's like, dude, I don't have the bread. I mean, I, 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 go away. And he says that the man keeps knocking. And, and Jesus says, if not for the friendship, I'm not going to give you the bread because you're my friend. He says, if not for the shameless audacity. I love that. I'm just going to, I need bread. Finally, he's like, fine, just take the bread and go away. <laughs> what Jesus is saying that when we pray, we can pray that way. And it feels a little awkward for us, but God is inviting us to say, hey, if you really care about something, pray with shameless audacity. Don't throw up some prayer and say, hey, God, hope they change. Hope you kind of bless them and kind of change their attitude. Amen. And then, and then that's it. That we would ask God to do something in us where we would start praying with shameless audacity for our family members, for our children, for our spouses, for our extended family, for the people that are the closest to God. The people, by the way, who by no accident, but by the plan of God, are the ones that God chose to be our family that we would pray with shameless audacity and keep knocking and keep asking and keep pressing in daily. See, answers don't usually happen according to our timeline, but they happen according to God's. And the faith part of this as well is huge, that God would grow our faith to believe that what needs to happen in the lives of our family members will actually come to pass. Pass, rather, come to pass, that we would live like it is the present reality and start expecting that it would happen. Remember, Noah built an ark before there was rain, not, not before there was a storm, before rain existed. Noah built an ark, and it was credited to him as faith. Because he started putting into action what God had spoken to him. What if we started building spiritual arcs to receive the blessing of God that we bring in prayer and start believing that God will do what we're asking him to do according to his will and according to his plan and his purpose as we partner with him, not according to our timeline, but according to his. Luke 15, 20 tells the story of the prodigal son. He says this, he got up and went to his father, the prodigal, after he's been gone astray, took the money, squandered it, living with the pigs, and life, he hits the bottom. And he says, I'm going to go back to my father, I'm going to ask him to forgive me, I'm going to ask just to be a servant at my dad's household, which in that culture was such a big deal. He had no right, he had no place, he had brought shame upon that family. And in a Middle Eastern culture, the only thing he was deserving of was death. 
The only way to restore honor to the family name was for him to die, which by the way, in that story, would have been the responsibility of the older brother to bring that restoration. And we still hear about that going on in that part of the world. Jesus paints a different picture. So the, the, the boy is coming back to his father and listen to what happens. It says, by while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Can I, can I encourage you this morning, when you're praying for your family, do this. Would you keep looking down the road? Keep looking down the road. I'm sure that this father in that, in that story, in that parable, would have been praying for his son. It was evidenced by the fact that every day the father positioned himself in such a way that he could see the road and every day was going, is he here today? Is he here today? Is he here today? Jesus says when he was a long way off, not when he got to the gate, knocked on the gate and the servant came and let him know and then he had to come down and meet his son. He positioned himself in such a way that he could see down the road so that when the answer to his prayer happened, he was able to run towards it and embrace it. You catch what I'm saying this morning? That God is calling us to be the kind of people that even when someone has walked away and has squandered and has ended up in the pit, that we would pray in such a way uh, and pray with such faith and persistence and shameless audacity that we're looking down the road for the moment they come back so that we can embrace them and love them and welcome them. This is the heart of God. This is the kingdom of God. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can I tell you the best good that we can do is on our knees. It's in prayer. We think sometimes it's the action of our hands, but it's what's sown in the spirit that brings breakthrough. Can I tell you one of the reasons we want to pray on an ongoing basis starting this Wednesday night, and maybe it'll grow into more, but we're going to start just with the third Wednesday of the month, is we believe God wants to bring some breakthrough in this community. And we're going to press in in prayer as a church family. Our theme for this year, our word from the Lord this year is shine. So Wednesday night, what we're going to do is we're going to fan into, into flame the gifts that are in us so that we are equipped to shine and that we can do spiritual Warfare for, on behalf of our city and our families. Don't give up. Keep praying. Be shameless, shamelessly audacious in your prayer. And then finally this morning, choose to love and forgive. Ties right back into the first point. It shows something of our heart. See, compassion, the father had compassion on his son. Jesus, in Matthew 9, 36, he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Love and forgiveness flow out of a heart of compassion that when our hearts are softened by the Spirit of God in this area of compassion, that we wouldn't feel sorry for people, that we would feel with them. That's what compassion is. Compassion. 
it's a, it's a point of empathy. Like, God, I, I want my heart to be stirred by the things that are going on in the lives of other people. When there's a compassion that wells up, God will give us the love and the forgiveness that we need that comes along with it. See, love and forgiveness frees our hearts and our minds to pray. It frees our hearts and our minds to pray. Then when we choose to hang on to offense, when we choose to walk with bitterness, our prayers, the power in our prayer just gets sucked right out because our heart is not in the right place. And so there has to be a choice. There has to be a decision. And sometimes, can I tell you, it's a daily decision. It's a moment-by-moment decision. It's not a one-off thing. But if we can learn to posture ourselves this way, that God will release something in us and through us to pray for our families. And can can I tell, I'm believing for breakthrough. I'm believing for breakthrough in my family. I'm believing for breakthrough in your families. In the seat back in front of you, there's a card. It says connect on the back side of it. There's a place for prayer requests. Can I tell you, we want to partner with you in praying for your family. We want to stand in faith that God is doing something and will do something. We want to look down the road with you. I invite you, if you want to write down a prayer request on that, if you you can even mark confidential and it just comes to our pastoral team and say, hey, here's the family members I'm praying for. Would you partner with me in praying for them? We would love to do that. But let's as a congregation say, hey, we're going to start praying for the people that are closest to us. To start believing that God wants to do something powerful and restorative and and healing in their lives. And then let's just be shamelessly audacious. Amen? Let's press into what God has and watch him transform our families. Let's stand together as we close this morning. I think shamelessly audacious would be a great name for a church. Maybe not. Maybe a song. Maybe a song. There's little hidden gems like that in Scripture that just reveal the heart of God. Can I tell you, we do not serve a passive God. We do not serve a God who takes a wait-and-see kind of attitude. Our God is a go-getter because he came and got us. Our God is moving in power. The Holy Spirit is designed. His role, His purpose is to empower us for the work that God has for us. And this point of prayer for our families should be right at the top of that list. Let's pray this morning. Father God, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. God, I pray even today through this week, Lord, that we would be, Lord, that we, there would be a point of ignition in our souls, Lord, to start taking seriously the responsibility we have to pray for the people that are closest to us. God, I ask for your forgiveness in my life where I have neglected 
the responsibility to pray. God, where I have ignored and resisted praying because of personal offense, God, I pray that you would bring healing in each one of us. God, I pray that as we as a congregation press into prayer for our families, God, that we would see reconciliation and restoration relationships, Lord, restored in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that your plan and your purpose and your will for each life would be released as we press in in prayer. Teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.